Alrighty, we're back at it again. We got another episode for you guys. We got some stuff to talk about today. Um, one quick thing that I want to bring up right away, yo, I saw the Raptors are playing their home games not in Toronto. Yeah, it's. I it's see Patty so, Mahomes, so my homeboy, is talking about playing yeah. in KC. I was like, okay. I'm like, don't don't come out here farming. <laughs> we're, not, we're not taking off. Can you imagine if you actually like went to basketball games in Toronto because you live there, and now all of a sudden you just don't have a basketball team this year? Yeah, that's what it's looking like because that sucks because ass. of because of COVID, they think like I I don't I don't even understand what they're gonna try and do like if if they're saying that nobody can travel, but if you're in the states, it's okay. It's like, come on. Yeah, I don't... Like, I'm pretty sure Canada's a lot better off right now. <laughs> Honestly, so, America's fucked. Yeah, I don't I don't fully understand it, but yeah, it sounds like KC might be uh, taking us over for a little bit. Jeez. Um, I am also very happy about uh, Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the man. He's been the man for pretty much my entire life, and... This offseason, there was so much slander and disrespect on this man's name. And what's happening right now? Tom Brady's throwing so many touchdowns. Mm-hmm. The Bucks are rolling. Yeah, they had a couple hiccups here and there. You know, week one was a tough game, but whatever. But where are the Pats? The Pats are garbage. They're looking at trading Stephon Gilmore. They're looking at trading anybody because they're just tanking at this point. And Cam's, you know, I thought Cam was back for a minute. There was yeah. a moment where I was like, yo... This guy, he's still pulling it together, but nope, that's all gone. Ship sale. That team sucks. Like, what are they going to do? But this just speaks to the legend that is Tom Brady. And to be honest, I think the part about it that excites me the most, there was, I think it was two years ago um, when Tom, he played, or he played in a Super Bowl. Or no, it wasn't two years ago. It was like a couple years back now. It's probably like four years ago. <laughs> I forgot how many Super Bowls have taken place recently. Um, he was playing... It was when the Pats played... I think it was the... Um, the Falcons. When the Pats played the Falcons and they won the Super Bowl in overtime. It was like, I think the week before at the champion uh, conference championship game. Um, him and Gronk after the game... You see that little, like, Snapchat or Instagram post they have where they're just, like, bad boys for life. And yeah. they're just, like, eh, shrugging to the camera, like, oh, oh, we did it again. That's Uh-oh. what we do. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, no. And then I think it was, like, fast forward, like, two years later uh, when they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl as well. I know it's pretty bad that it's just <laughs> that consistent. Um, they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. And then it's like they're in like the back of the media halls holding like their like or they got like their Super Bowl stuff on, and it's the same thing. They're just like, um, guess who's back, <laughs> back again. It's just them again, just shrugging like I don't know. Sorry guys, <laughs> and they're yeah. just like, this is what we do. That's that's one thing with Tom Brady is that he's probably like social media wise for football players, there aren't really many quarterbacks that are likable, but yeah. he. He's clearly like the in the discussion for the best quarterback ever, but he also digs into that. Like when he went to Tampa Bay, he immediately, immediately started calling it Tampa Bay, and he's like, "Peyton, what were you doing? You missed out when you were in Denver. Like, <laughs> you had you had so many opportunities." But he he's always kind of he knows how good he's playing. Everybody knows it, and he's not shying away from it. He buys right into it on social media. Yeah, and he, you know what? He's he's always had a good presence on Instagram, and yeah. like he, like these days, like every single week, he's posting about their win, and he's talking about. It. He's like, "Yo, we're on to the next one." Like it's just, 
it's just business like this guy just breathes it and i'm so excited to see you know if these guys win another super bowl just imagine if they win the super bowl this year and it's tom and gronk again in a bucks uniform looking like uh oh we did it again (laughs) i would honestly i would be so happy i love those guys like I used to be a little bit bitter and a little bit of a, a bitch about Tom Brady when I was younger because I was like, man, I'm so sick of seeing this guy in the Super Bowl. And it was like over every year, their, their first three, I was so frustrated. I'm like, can these guys get out of here? Like, who is this Tom Brady guy? And even, I think it was Super Bowl 50, they had uh, this uh, ceremony where they brought out every past Super Bowl MVP and they had some like big honoring ceremony for the first 50 Super Bowl MVPs. And you got, you got, like, the weird ones in there, like, the guys that probably shouldn't be there, yeah. <laughs> but they've made it somehow. And then you've got, like, Tom Brady. He still had, like, his, like, long model hair at the time. Huh. He's the only guy that comes out in, like, black shades, and he's just, like, the villain still. It's just such a negative tone. Like, this guy thinks he's Joe Montana, but he's a prissy little bitch. Like, everyone hates Tom Brady at this yeah. moment. He comes out the whole arena just, boo! And it's unreal. And then you fast forward, like six years and it's like he's still the man he's got two more Super Bowls and everyone's just like he's the greatest ever what are we gonna do how are we so honored to be back you know to get to watch his glory like he's the messiah now and I was like man how the tides have turned over the course of the last 10 years that is jeez the craziest thing with Tom is that he did he basically did exactly what Kevin Durant did like not exactly the rival team but he had he had his team the Patriots, it's always been his team. He's had shit receivers for a long time. He just kind of made it work. He just had a decent team. And then he's like, hey, I'm going to leave. This team had a quarterback that threw, what, 50 touchdowns, 50 interceptions. I could probably do better than that with that. those options. <laughs> Goes in. Then now they've got Antonio Brown. Obviously brings Gronk in. They don't even use Mike Evans. Leonard Fournette. Yeah. Godwin. They've got... Everybody, but people are like, "Yeah, good job, Tom." It's like he just went to an all-star team, and everybody's <laughs> like, "Yeah, this is all Tom. He's got it." That's what kind of reputation he's okay. built up now is that he is the guy, even though he's surrounded by all-stars. See, the only reason I disagree with that comparison is that, in a lot of ways, I I totally agree. But the reason I disagree is because Kevin Durant went from like a contending team to a reigning champion yeah. to become a champion again. So, in essence, he's still a puss, whereas, like, Tom Brady was a champion, and he went to a bottom feeder that was on the rise, which, to me, would be, I'd say, a closer comparison would be if, like, Steph Curry joined, like, Dallas and just made Dallas unstoppable. Because if Steph Curry leaves Steve Kerr and Clay and all those guys and just goes to, like, a really good up-and-coming team that hasn't won since, like, 2000-something, yeah. They would destroy, and they would probably... It, yeah, close. Except for, like, obviously Tom wasn't leaving the Golden State Warriors-type Patriots at the time. I mean, but, they're only, like, two years removed from a Super Bowl when he leaves. Yeah, but you can say that about the last 15 years. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> he's he's been, always a Super He's Bowl. been two years out of the Super Bowl every year except for the ones that he wins back-to-back. I, <laughs> guess, I guess that's why you could only really truly compare it, yeah, it's Tom not, to LeBron James making the yeah, Lakers a, a champion on, again. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> it's, he goes to a bottom feeder team, gives him one year of shit, and then he just he wins a title. Like, yeah. come on. That's yeah. disgusting. No, he's, uh, he's definitely... 
in the tops for a discussion of the GOAT. For sure. <laughs> the only thing I've ever hated Tom Brady for was back when I didn't know football at all and we went out to uh, I think Reese's Reese's place for uh, for the football game against uh, the Giants. Watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> and the Giants come out and wreck the perfect season and yep. everybody was was cheering for New, uh, New England except for I think Reese. <laughs> yeah, and there was like a few. People. If there was one person that could troll harder than you, it was him, <laughs> and he went at it. This is the worst I've had. Jeez, that's yeah. Those are throwback memories. I mm. love how <laughs> I really love that comic Kyle, where you're like, yeah, that's like every year he's only two years <laughs> removed from a Super Bowl. Like literally, only ever like two years. Like yeah, that's it's, so gross. Yeah, it's jeez. Um, that's fine. You had something about basketball you wanted to bring up? Oh, yeah. I was going to bring up the Nets. So, Loki obviously named my daughter Brooklyn. It wasn't because of the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> it didn't hurt that there was a team called Brooklyn Nets. But basically from that moment, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a Nets fan. <laughs> Fast forward like one month. Or like that, that off season, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving joined. I'm like, okay. This is, like okay, okay. this is I, I'm happy with my decision now because they, they were good they were a good team but now they're they're that team Very and then they convenient. both get injured I'm like whatever years goes <laughs> so then now this off season they hire Steve Nash as their head coach I'm like my boy what like this is like a vision board coming true <laughs> for my favorite new team so then Steve Nash goes off and he uh, he hires Amari Stoudemire as his assistant coach. Obviously, the two of them had the connection in Phoenix. I, I listened to uh, the Knuckleheads podcast with uh, Quentin Richardson and uh, another shooter from the NBA. And they had Amari on like a year or two ago when I, I last listened. And uh, they, were talking, they were talking with him and talking about how good his footwork was. And that, that was the reason everybody said, oh, well, like one-two punch of Steve Nash and anybody, they're going to put up those numbers. But the difference was how he positioned himself on the inside. So I feel like... Picking him up as an assistant, that's going to improve uh, Jared Allen and uh, Toreen Prince right off the bat. That's center, power forward, because I'm assuming you don't know who Toreen <laughs> Prince is. Yeah, I have no idea. And then DeAndre Jordan, even, he, that'll help him because he's got freaky athleticism. If he can actually understand offense, he could be unstoppable. Then they brought in uh, Mike D'Antoni. He is, he is signed in as an assistant coach as well. Which is, he was, him and Nash were the ones that orchestrated seven seconds or less. He was the original coach for the Suns. And then he has left James Harden and the Rockets. He's been there, I think, three or four years. Which he put, he brought them to the brink of knocking off the Warriors when they were their prime. So he's, his offensive pedigree is, un, like, nobody can question that. Yeah. Defensively. His, I think it's mo mostly his philosophy is if you score more points, you can't lose. <laughs> so we're not looking at defense with these three. But Fair. then uh, he also brought on um, uh, there's two two more assistants. I got them written wrote down right here, so I didn't forget. Uh, I'm Udoka. I don't ex like. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's a good chance that's incorrect. But um, <laughs> he was uh, he was the coach. He was assistant in Philly. He was our defensive coordinator last year. Okay. And then previous to that, he's worked seven years under uh, Greg Popovich and the Spurs, which pretty much every coach in the NBA has to have that on their pedigree right now because that's that's who pops off. So that brings in their defense. Like That's somebody that's specifically there defensively to watch out. And then uh, Jack Vaughn, he's, uh, he was a 
I think he was an assistant coach for the Orlando Magic, and I, he was a head coach somewhere else, and then he was the interim head coach for the Nets uh, during the bubble this year. And he's he's an offensive coach as well, so they got a lot of like good minds in there. And when you have Kyrie and Kevin Durant, that's kind of you want to you want to put everything you have in offense, and then figure out have one guy just specialize defense. Get get all the role players together. Tell them this is what your job is. Get the ball to these two on offense and play your ass off on D. So I think the the way that Steve Nash has built his uh, coaching team and the way the Nets are built right now, they they could and should be a powerhouse coming in this year. Definitely gonna be interesting. I'm I'm intrigued to watch it unfold. Yes, it will be fun. I just think that's yeah. When you have that much, and that's the thing too, like you described there, they have so much history between them all. They've all got kind of like proven records from other situations like that. Yeah, their name, their names are known, and then the ones, that ones that aren't, are all have uh, respect throughout the league just because of who they who they've coached under, who they've coached with, and who they played with. So, yeah, it's gonna be fun. Definitely. Um, oh, so <laughs> this week, uh, this week at work. There was this guy, um, he was uh, sitting at the bar, and he's just hanging out, and I didn't really pay him much mind, I just kind of like, you know, was going about my thing, um, and then the bartender comes and tells me, he's like, oh man, like, that guy at the bar, I just asked if he wanted another drink, and he just like, went off for about 10 minutes about, you know, China, and all this other <laughs> bullshit, got all super political, she's like, I just want to know if you want a drink, I'm like, oh damn, that sucks, and you know, I didn't really think much of it. And then as I was, like, walking, I walked behind him. I noticed on his phone, he's guys sitting here watching some debate with Ben Shapiro. You know, we've oh, talked about Ben Shapiro a couple times. This guy, anytime this guy's on any video, you know it's, like, trigger bait. He's just going to, he's just, you know, argue a bunch of shit. And he's going to get you fired up about whatever topic he has feelings on yeah. that day. And He'll make really good points, but then <laughs> say one thing that has a specific word that somebody will hate. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, I can just tell, you know what, anytime, every video with Ben Shapiro has a certain energy about it, and if you watch that video, you're going to feel that energy inside you, so when this guy, when I could see that he was getting fired up watching this, I already knew what was going on, I didn't even need to know what was on the video, I just could tell how he was acting. And, and like, first off, real quick, real quick, who's at the bar watching Ben Shapiro? <laughs> Right. Like, you're definitely not getting any P-word. <laughs> like, what are you doing? He was pretty old. I'm not sure he's concerned about that. Oh. But um, anyways, so we wear masks at work, and I happened to stumble over to the uh, the beer taps to pour a beer. And this guy looks at me. He's like, do you like those masks? I'm like, of course not. I hate this. But, like, it's what we got to do. It's what times we live in. And now he just starts going off about China. And I'm like, bro, like, calm down. Like, and we then, aren't there. But see, here's the thing. The bartender, she's not really interested in getting in some debate. She doesn't even want to talk to this guy. But I am. I've got <laughs> nothing to do. It's dead. I, I'm a manager, so I, I'm not really serving tables. I'm just... You know, this is content, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this will be fun. So anyways, <laughs> so this guy starts talking to me and he starts going off about COVID being conspiracy and all that stuff. And every time I questioned this guy or said something, this guy's got nothing to fucking say. I think the first thing he says is just like, uh, COVID's not that serious. And he starts going off on how few people in the world have died. And I'm like... Okay, yeah. 
But if you have something like swine flu that kills people more, less people transfer it. So the people that are contagious, they just die right away and then it stops. COVID is serious because you have that two weeks where you might not even feel a symptom, but you're still passing that disease along. Mm. And if so many people can collect this disease, I don't know if anyone else has played the game Pandemic. That was my whole strategy to killing the world. Spread the disease everywhere because no one knows they have it. And then once the people that are possible, you know, that have health risks, once all of the people that could die have it, then they start dying. Which is making it way more serious. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you consider how many people, you know, the percentage of people dying, smaller than a lot of the other ones. But if you consider how many people have actually died versus how many things, you know, how many other diseases have a higher mortality rate but a lower body count, yeah, way more serious. And, and he starts going off about, like, you know, this person is in China's back pocket because of this reason, and this person, leader of the health organization who made this calls in the communist China's back pocket because of this reason, and they're working with China. I'm like, listen, man, I literally told this guy, I'm like, I don't know who these politicians are. I don't know who's connected to China and who's not. And quite frankly, I don't care, and I'm not going to try and disprove you on any of these things because I don't actually know any of it. But what I will t- talk to you about is math. And the math says... You wear masks, less people get it. You have more people not spreading it, you have the disease dying out faster. You have all of these people spreading it because no one knows they have it, more people are going to die. And every time I bring up a point, he's like, well... Yeah, you got a good point there. And then he starts talking about China again. I'm <laughs> like, dude. something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then he just keeps going off about China. I'm like, dude, I don't know anything about China. Did they, did they make it on purpose? I don't know. Did they, it was an a pure accident like it's some people say? I don't know. I don't really care. But like this guy, he just would not, he had nothing to say. Nothing, he just wanted to bitch about how he felt, but he had no points to really yeah. say. He couldn't even do a good job of regurgitating whatever probably smart arguments Ben Shapiro laid out. He couldn't even regurgitate those effectively. And eventually I like turned around to grab something and he just stormed out. He didn't want to talk anymore. I was like, what the, I was like, that's it, eh, bud? <laughs> It's because he doesn't he doesn't know the secret to arguing with you is that you have to only you can only say exactly what you know and then let you infer because if if you start asking questions just stick to what you know don't answer any question Dustin asks because he's asking you it so that you can get a specific answer so that he has a counterpoint so this guy is out here watching Ben Shapiro. Thinking that he could talk like Ben Shapiro, but he forgot that Ben knows more than just that one sentence he said about it. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was it was pretty tough, but uh, it was definitely quite amusing. And you're right, um, I love <laughs> I love a good argument. So no. I was just like I was so ready for this guy, <laughs> and, and that's what we were even talking about it beforehand off air. That like when somebody starts talking to you, like for me, I'm really bad for interrupting. And like, as anybody that listens knows that, I interrupt all the time. But you would rather hear somebody say their entire story so that once they're done, you can pick them apart and know that they have no, oh, I should have kept going, I, I wasn't done. Like, no, you know. <laughs> exactly, because if somebody's like in the middle of talking and they're saying something that sounds stupid and you just like jump in, well, blah, 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 what about this? And they're like... I was getting there. You can easily like slide your way to the wall. If you wouldn't cut me off, you would have heard me say, and then they can totally cover their ass. But if you let someone finish their whole point 
and then you come at them, then they can't say, well, I was going to say, nah, you, you were done. You were yeah. very done with what you said. <laughs> you didn't think of this. <laughs> if, if anybody watched last week's episode, there was a, probably a couple examples of that happening there. <laughs> Honestly, I still stand by my point. <laughs> I still stand by it. I just realized that the wording was incorrect. That is all. I stand by it. Stand by the point, which was inevitably him agreeing with me. So No. <laughs> Because I agree um, with me, just in a different way. <laughs> <laughs> so, another thing I wanted to talk about today is... So, I don't know how many people have seen this movie. Um, this is Dustin's uh, weekly movie review. And by weekly movie review, you know how it is. It's whenever I think of a movie. <laughs> weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, whatever. <laughs> it's whenever I feel like it. It just sounds better with a nice title. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so, I don't know how many people have seen the movie Shape of Water. Kyle, have you seen this movie? No. All right. Well, I've never even heard. So of it. this movie, I only heard about it because it won some like fancy Oscar or something like that oh, so for it was like definitely trash for like best picture or something. <laughs> yeah, definitely, exactly. definitely the worst movie. What movie wins best picture and isn't trash? <laughs> yeah. I think the only reason I even watched to see it win best picture or something like that. Don't quote me on this, anyways. Um, was because I think it beat out a movie I did like, like Avengers or Star Wars or something like that. So oh, yeah. one of the top sellers and then yeah, the yeah. other one that nobody's heard of. Oh yeah, you win. So, basically, to summarize this movie to you quickly, um, and it's not spoilers, it's been out for, like, five years or something, get over it, um, it's about this... What is it called again? The Shape of Water. The Shape of Water. I think it's on Netflix. Sounds corny. Honestly, I can, (laughs) I can describe the movie without actually spoiling anything. It's about this, uh, this girl, she's a mute, she doesn't, like, talk or communicate with people in a verbal way. Um, she uses like sign language to communicate. Um, and she works at this, I think it's some government facility of some kind. Um, and she's just like, I think like a helping hand, like a nurse or some kind. I don't know if she actually has any medical background, but it doesn't really matter. Anyways, um, this government facility, uh, she finds out is housing a, um, amphibious aqua man, fish boy, half human, half fish. Looks like a human, but he's a fish. But he's in the shape of water? We're getting there. We're getting there. (laughs) Um, So, for the sake of uh, description, we're going to call him Fish Boy. Because that's basically what he is. Um, Fish Boy and and Mute Girl. You know, the the government agents there that are trying to, like, you know, study him and all this stuff, get information out of him. They're really abusive. They're really mean. They're, you know... They're doing a lot of bad things to him, and because she has such a kind heart, she sees this abuse, and she wants to help him, um, blah, 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 so she basically creates some plot to help him escape, um, yada, 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 they fall in love, and there's this ending that, you know what, fuck the spoilers, I am gonna spoil it, she turns into a fish, and they run away together in the ocean, so, dumb fucking movie, don't watch it. Anyways, <laughs> that sounds even worse than I anticipated. <laughs> so, I honestly, when you first said it, I thought it was an anime. <laughs> <laughs> it's not an anime. So, when I watched this with my girlfriend, I came in thinking, okay, I've heard of this director before, and you know, it's funny I say that. I can't remember his name right now. <laughs> I don't know, okay. Uh, Guillermo del really Toro famous? or whatever his name is. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, he's, so he's pretty like, famous. He's very... He has a lot of misses. I mean, I have I can't name a movie, but I know he's, he's made a lot. a lot of misses. <laughs> he is, has a lot of money. Anyways, well, he won Beck's picture off this, so apparently he's the shit. I don't know. Anyways, so me and my girlfriend watched this movie, and when we watched it, we probably paused it 
every five minutes because I questioned everything. <laughs> there are so many dumb scenes. There's this one scene that takes place where after they've smuggled him out of this government facility and they're staying at her place, she lives in this like shitty kind of uh, creaky ass apartment on top of an old movie theater. And so, you know, wooden floors, wooden doors, tight. I think they're in, they're probably in like New York, but it's like the 50s or something. Like everything's super old, right? Yeah. Um, and so there's a moment where they're about to fuck and they build it up by her plugging the bottom of the bathroom door with a towel and turning on the uh, the taps and filling the entire bathroom with water to the top of the roof. Get that wop, wop. oh no (laughs) anyways and they have like this really romantic full body embrace as they float in the water was she a fish at this point she's not a fish at this point she's holding her breath breath she's holding her breath um now it's a whole different level of kink now this whole scene pissed me off because they're expecting you to believe that this bullshit creaky ass apartment she was able to completely, not completely, but basically enough water seal that door so that water wasn't pissing out at such a pace that it the room filled up. Like, yeah. she, the whole room was filled with water to the top. Like, over your head to the top. That literally can't happen <laughs> because all of the water at the pace that it's entering the room through the taps is pissing out the bottom of that door. I guarantee you would piss out the bottom of the door or piss out the crack of that door and just fill your whole apartment with water to, like, ankle level instead of this one part of your house being filled over your head. Not even close. But that's what they're expecting you to believe is that towel never got waterlogged and it's just as an all-purpose seal. Fish boy put a little slime on the door (laughs) handle. Oh, no. Got it all cleared up. And and it's it's just another ridiculous scene in the movie like there's just so many of them it's so brutal but anyways so, like, so wait, did they did they fill it up cause like he he's, he's probably being a fish boy he's probably faster in the water I think that's the only way he could <laughs> you know he's like I, can't, I gotta get around <laughs> <laughs> but anyways so he he has to there's governments after him he has to go back to the water so that's when they end up trying to get him out of there but um here's the thing I seen this this meme the other day and I think this meme is relevant because, A, it reminded me that I watched this movie in the first place. That's the only reason we're talking about it today. And two, because it kind of captures what I think the message of the movie was supposed to be. I'll get into why I disagree and still think it was stupid as fuck. But the meme says something to the effect of uh, if we could just look past our standards and preconceived notions of what beauty is then we could see the real beauty in one's heart and truly love. Which is very romantic. It's a nice sentiment. It's cute. I feel like if I ever think about typing that, I need multiple midgets to punch me in the dick. Because that is the the corniest, stupidest thing to write. Like, can you imagine? (laughs) Can you imagine saying those words and fully feeling them? Like next to the picture of fish boy in a bathtub with this naked chick next to him. With this little like, I don't even know what the fish have for dicks. Like, like I don't even do fish have dicks? Retractable aqua penis. I told you he's not a real fish. Real fish lay eggs, and the male just like 
he just like for, that's what it was he, he just, just like he was trying to have was, was <laughs> fertilizes them is that the right word for he, he fertilizes them with like i don't even know but like that's why they needed the room he was trying to have babies yeah he was, fish boy he has was sitting in the top yeah. corner because he doesn't wear, he, yeah because he's he doesn't wear clothes he's just scaly fish boy so he has a retractable penis this guy's go go gadget penis anyways so this is it is a, it, you know what i I can see the sentiment and I can understand why it was cute and the person that shared it shared it. I totally get that. But the thing is, is this movie sucks. If that <laughs> quote was on a movie that I thought was good or had better premise, I might be like, oh, whatever. And I would have scrolled past it and never gave it another thought. But the reason I couldn't help it is this movie is so dumb. Yeah. They're trying to romanticize this notion of seeing the true beauty in this person regardless of the fact that they're not a human. First off, bestiality what? Are you serious? <laughs> Come on. I thought we were past this beauty and the beast brother yeah. bear 2 shit where they're all about fucking animals. This isn't a Disney movie. Fucking animals isn't okay. But yeah. here we go again with this chick basically being like, I don't get along with guys in, that I know in real life. But I found this animal and I'm going to fuck him. Like, that's okay? So now let's get past my, you know, my... Mate. Maybe it's a new gender. <laughs> okay. It's, a, well, it's let's a fish get, word. Let's get past my crude analysis and really break down this guy's character, though. These guys don't talk. They communicate through body language, through, like, grunts and, like, sign language. So, I want to understand what bullshit genuine connection they're really trying to pretend like these two people had. She doesn't talk. And he doesn't know what the fuck she's saying half the time. Okay. So where do they have any kind of emotional where he sits there and listens to her feelings and really gets to know her as a person and understand her or vice versa? That never happens. They meet. He's scared as fuck. She's nice to him because she feels bad. She feeds him. She breaks him out. He thinks she's nice because she's the only one that doesn't want to kill him. He fucks her. Yeah. And then he says, I got to go. You can come too if you want to be a fish. And she's like, okay, cool. And they leave and go be fishes together. How is that different from any other fuckboy showing up be like, hey, you're nice. Let's have sex. Uh, okay, well, I'm actually still on my way out of here. Thanks for the quickie. Uh, do you want to come? No, okay, bye. Like, there's yeah. nothing redeemable about him. He's an animal. He acted like an animal. There was nothing nice about him. The only thing that was nice is that he realized that their species can mate. And it's not like some weird thing where she doesn't know what's going on. Like she can consent to it because it yeah. was somewhat normal in that regard. Because he still has a human-shaped body. But like, what the fuck? There's nothing romantic about this dude coming out of nowhere thinking she was nice so he had sex with her and then having to leave anyway. Like there's nothing romantic about that. But they're trying to pretend what? like it was some romantic movie? What Get out of here. What it was was she was trying to coerce him to stay by trauma bonding she's like i'm gonna be nice in the worst time and but he stuck stuck to his own boundaries he was showing really good self-discipline saying that i'm still a fish boy <laughs> and still a I, fish need, I need my space if you want to try and try this out we could work together so really she was the evil one in this situation <laughs> This movie is stupid. She's a predator and she took advantage Never. of this poor, simple yeah. fish boy. He was he was just trying to live his life. He didn't know anything other he didn't even know he was getting tortured. He just thought this was normal. This movie this, this is my sucks. I Never was... ever look at what wins. If, if something wins, turn it off as fast as possible. Honestly, I just like 
I just so irked by the whole thing. This movie sucks. And I was just like, man, there's no, like, if someone wants to debate me on this, feel free. If you want me to watch the movie again so I have more ammo, no. that's only going to help my case because I only had stronger feelings when I finished the movie than I do now. I will I haven't never, <laughs> ever, ever watch that movie. If I see anything similar to I have, I don't even watch, I didn't even watch Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I'm definitely not watching Fish Boy and Deaf Bitch. Loki. <laughs> we ain't doing it. We ain't doing it. Side tangent, Loki. I've been quoting Shark Boy and Lava Girl for at least 15 years and no one's ever noticed. I'm not going to say what it is because I'm not in the mood to get called out for it. But like, Loki, that was a jokes movie. Anyways. There, there was a movie that came out. I, I never... Uh, Hot Rod. I don't, oh, I don't remember what the actual quotes were, but... There's so many of them that I, I said because I heard other people saying them and I never realized they were quotes so I'd, I'd learn it from one friend group but i use it somewhere else thinking that like nobody would know and yeah. people eventually like, watch the show I'm like, oh, so that's where yeah. everything that came, I am came from. Yeah, I would say there's a, a series of quotes and jokes that I've used my entire life that I've at times forgotten where they came from yeah. until I like, you know, it's movie night, I'm hanging out with my girlfriend and I'm like, hey, we should watch this movie. It's really funny. And she's like, oh my God, this guy's unbearable. What an idiot. This guy's so annoying. And I'm just like, yeah, he's kind of dumb, whatever. And then he goes and says something I say all the time. And she just <laughs> stares at me. She's like, really? That's where that came from? And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, that's deeply rooted in my personality If, if you didn't know that I was unbearable as well, <laughs> good to Honestly, know. I would say like, if I could just like top of my head, like top three movies that I quote for no reason um, and I mean by no reason I mean I quote because I'm just like that's who I it's am nowadays um, I would say number one like I said before super bad yeah. that's in everything I do basically people look um, good the other two are pretty low key shit comedies that probably haven't aged well at all um, I say probably pretty loosely, definitely. <laughs> but, um, the second one is Fired Up. It's that movie where those football jocks go to cheerleader camp. I remember watching that one. <laughs> I quote that movie too much, and I don't even remember. And then the other one was uh, Ryan Go uh, not Ryan Gos <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. He did um, Van Wilder. Yeah, the first one there. I also quote that one too often, and it's just like... <laughs> I think I used to Van Wilder, but yeah. I remember that fired up. I remember that opening scene where they, they like, hide hide out from the girl's dads, and then they have to, they call a, call a hot route. <laughs> Guy runs, jumps out the window, throws the keys. Sauce the keys. That was so... <laughs> that movie's great. <laughs> I love those. Every time I see those guys in other roles now, I'm just like, oh, man, they were such bros in that yeah, movie. Yeah, they were so good. <laughs> but, um... But yeah, so back to the Shape of Water, shit movie. Don't watch it. Um, yeah, don't don't <laughs> on, ever even. Think on to the next watching. thing I wanted to talk about. So I saw this thing on on uh, I think it was Facebook uh, just literally a couple days ago, and I ended up looking into it a little bit further. Um, there's this guy that I do not understand how he's in business still because he is. A very infuriating person and probably one of the most despicable people I've ever heard of that doesn't have a history of touching children. Like, promising, promising. Yeah, right? So all of the old heads that are listening will probably remember this guy's name because he was way popular in the 80s and people our age probably don't know what his name is. Um, his name was Peter Popov. 
I think that's how you say his name. Um, and basically, um, Peter Popoff is this old dude who's a televangelist, basically that guy on TV um, that heals people of their ailments. And he's like, the devil is gone. Jesus Christ will save you. You don't have cancer anymore. You can get rid of your medication. And that's you- actually how I beat cancer. <laughs> Dude, dude bought me twice on the forehead, and he's like, "Hey, just go to go to the show. You're good." <laughs> so, um, basically, obviously, this guy's full of shit, and he tells all these people to like get rid of their medication. How many people do you think just died from doing this? So, first of all, all these faith healers, I got a problem with them from just from the front, you know, just from the jump. But see, I'm gonna go on the contrary. If you're dumb enough. <laughs> To listen to somebody that says, hey, all those doctors that told you... No, no, don't listen to them. I, I just talked to the big man. He said, you're good. You deserve to die. See, but If you are dumb enough, <laughs> you deserve to die. But it I don't better wanna, for all of us. I don't want to punish people for having faith. As much as I am not a religious person myself, I don't want to say that every religious person... Not every religious person listens to that guy, though. But they believe... They believe and this guy point. and this guy takes advantage of people that are mm-hmm. in desperate times and have oh, no. no other leg left than but to lean on their faith and this is what he's doing telling them it's okay I've saved you now you can get rid of that medication now you won't die if you don't take it now you're good this guy is taking their money and feeding them this like malarkey like what is he doing anyway so basically the way this guy's career goes he was super popular in the 80s he played on all the you know southern white TV stations in in uh, in America. He was also in Canada, um, and back in like '85, I think he had this uh, this hoax where he had been telling people for you know years that he was making Bibles that he was going to put in these um, helium balloons and fly them over you know oppressed nations borders and drop them for the people so that they can get the power of god um and so one of these countries was russia and so i guess so many people have given him money to buy you know manufacture bibles and send Mm -hmm. them to russia eventually you got to do something right so what does this guy do he basically stages a break-in to his facility which was also proven to be sus because there's records and receipts to show that they ordered new glass three days before the break-in happened. So obviously this guy's full of shit. They had plan. Yeah, they had somebody that works for them basically go in there and just destroy all of the Bibles and then basically, oh, I can't send the Bibles. Some Someone came and destroyed them. Um, please send me some money to help us with the damages and everything. So he just like double dips on all these people. Yeah, again... Um, you, so- <laughs> you got it. You got to have a little responsibility. If you if you look at that, you're like, ah, he probably did it, but like, I do like God, so I'm gonna <laughs> give him another three hundred bucks to fix it. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, in '86, there's this guy named James Randy. Who, quick side tangent, he was a, a magician that would basically do his show and then tell you everything he did was just a trick and there was no magic, just so they. You would like feel how you felt and then think after he just told you it was all fake and be like, oh, that last guy I thought was real too. I guess he was fake too. That's yeah. he, he's developed a life and a career being known as like a huge skeptic of a lot of, you know, just stuff that he thinks is bullshit. Yeah. He's always calling things out, wanting to prove things, you know, just to seek the truth. 
Um, the side tangent on him, though, I guess his magician name was The Amazing Randy, which, shout out to South Park, where <laughs> Randy, that's all I thought of every time uh, I heard his name and read his name, I just thought of Randy with his cock magic and everything, <laughs> I just couldn't handle it. Anyways, so, James Randy, um, basically, him and his buddies, I guess they go to one of his, uh, healings that he does at these convention centers, and at one point, one of his friends gets called up to grab the bucket and go around and collect uh, monetary donations. And then he filled the entire bucket with like ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. And he brings it into this guy. Um, and he's like, all right, cool. Now go fill this bucket with checks. And so he goes and fills it with checks. And then he fills another bucket with, um, you know, random... The jewelry and just other items for donation because this guy, Peter Popov, is pushing this idea that um, those who give uh, bountifully will be basically given bountiful harvest. Like, yeah. whatever you give him, you'll get back tenfold. That's the idea he's pushing on these people. Yeah. And these poor people believe it. So they're literally giving everything they have to this guy. And what's he doing with their family heirlooms? He just sells that shit. And just makes more money. So he's literally just taking in so much money. He's making like $10, $12 million a year at this point. That is disgusting. All it takes is one little iota of a personal responsibility in yourself and take say, hey, maybe I'm not going to give him all my money. And now that guy <laughs> has no career. All he is is saying, hey, can you give me your money? And all he has to say is no. That's it. That's all. So... The guy that was uh, friends with James Randy, he basically noticed that there was an earpiece in his ear. And he's like, that's strange. Why would this guy have a hearing aid if he can heal people because of God's will? Mm. Something tells me he's getting told things. Yeah. So they come back another time and they have a guy poses a security guard and they have this device that... Um, detects new radio frequencies so if someone turns on a radio they'll be able to tell where it's mm -hmm. coming from or what frequency it is and so they basically found you know just seconds before he or after he hit the stage they saw a new radio frequency pop up and you could hear a woman come on it and be like hi PD like talking to him yeah. not if you can hear me and they were like well basically he sounds exactly like his wife so it's probably his <laughs> wife <laughs> um and so basically what she'll do is she'll call out somebody's name and he'll you know, do his whole – you know he's an entertainer. That's what he's doing, right? So yeah. he'll do his thing and he'll just call that person out and she'll tell them like where that person was seated. And so he'll like look in that direction for them because he just can feel it, right? Yeah. Um, she'll tell them their address and he'll call – you live at – and he'll just like say their address. I'm like, oh my god. How did you know? Um and he's like, basically, like, we've never met before. Like, there's no way for me to know this information. And she's like, yeah, I can't believe it. And then he'll, like, you know, do his healing thing. And he'll, like, know what's wrong with him already. Yeah. Now, the catch is, is prior to the show, there's two methods of information gathering. One, they have prayer drop boxes that low-key get switched out every now and then. So all these people before the show filled out where they were seating, their name, their address, and what they're wishing for, what's wrong with them, why yeah. they're here. Um, and they drop it in this prayer drop box. And people that work there, they come in, they swap them out, and then they take those drop boxes, bring them back to her, and she basically just reads the information that person wrote on their card to that person. Yeah. Cool. 
Or they have other people, such as herself, walking around be like, oh my god, you guys look so nice today, why are you guys here? And then she'll just have a recorder in her pocket the whole time. And yeah. everything you regurgitate to her, she'll use it, you know, she'll use it against you in that regard and just convince people. Um, and so they just, they'll just keep doing this over and over again and they make so much money off it. So anyways, this guy goes on David Letterman, or sorry, not David Letterman, Johnny Carson, I guess. <laughs> sorry, yeah. the, the Tonight oh, Show is the way... The, the older David Letterman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awkward. <laughs> All the older people are going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> David Letterman. <laughs> no, so Johnny Carson was the host of the Tonight Show back yeah. then. Um, he goes on Johnny Carson and they play all this stuff and totally expose this guy and he ends up getting bankrupt the next year. So they totally just ruin this guy's career. Everyone's like, ooh, that's great. Lovely. Joke's on us. After a year out of the spotlight, homeboy kicks it back up and he gets back on his old shit. Mm-hmm. Um, now he he's changed up a few things here and there. Um, now sometimes he has actors, you know, someone that was like handing out stuff that was working there all of a sudden she's got ailments that you know yeah. he heals her and then she slowly like sneaks off later on the show and um he pulls some shit where he sees someone come in on a on like a say they just have a cane like they can walk but they have a cane mm-hmm. um he'll like offer them a wheelchair and tell them they can sit up front row and the person's like oh nice like yeah totally take a front row seat and so he takes them up to the front row and then at some point um he calls her's like Oh my god, like I've healed you. You can you can walk now. <laughs> and, and that person like gets up and starts walking and everyone's like, "Oh my god, what a miracle." Yeah. And he's like, "Push my chair." And now if you think about it, it's like a walker. It just helps them walk more. Yeah. So now this old person's pushing him in the wheelchair and he's like, "Wow." And then he's like, "That's your seat or that's your chair, right?" And that person's like thinking like, "Yeah, like I'm sitting there. That's my seat." So like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Miracles." And everyone yeah. just, you know, they eat that shit up. Um and then he starts doing other stuff too like he sells all these products uh, on infomercials and stuff that you can see late night. Um, the big one was he he sells this miracle spring water, which is literally uh, like a little like not even a plastic bottle. They're like little bags in bottle shapes with water in them. Yeah. Say miracle spring water. Um, now I've seen like older ads for this, but I've also seen that I went to his website literally today before I got here. They're still on there. <laughs> You can still – there's one difference. I'll get into the difference now, but they're still there to this day. This Miracle Spring Water, which you can guarantee is tap water. Yeah, so basically from what I'm hearing, this guy's just a really successful entrepreneur. He's a con artist. (laughs) Yeah. Entrepreneur. That's what – you think all this smart water is perfectly nice? This guy just picked a niche market. You find the dumbest people you can or the people that are most likely to believe you. You, <laughs> you, find, a, you find a way to fake to be what, fake it till you make it. And he just keeps making it, so he keeps faking it. Right? And now, since, uh, since you know, he got completely shunned out of his communities um, because he got exposed, he doesn't target, you know, southern white people anymore. Now he targets low-income African Americans and people in places like uh, the Caribbean, like Jamaica and stuff like that, basically promising them basically free money. Like saying, like, if you pray and you believe in me or whatever, God will give you money. Yeah. Promising checks that people never actually receive and all this bullshit. Um but the thing with the bottles is there's rules in certain countries that say you can't sell goods that are deceptive, yeah. that like aren't real, that don't do what you say they do. Yeah. But he doesn't sell them. He says, sign up and we'll send you the bottle for free. And then when you get the bottle, it comes with a thing saying, 
Um, back in the day, they said drink the water, but I guess something happened. I don't know if he got sued or something, but now on his website it says, no, do not drink the water. And then they try to like pull off some like a uh, Bible quote saying that it's actually just a point of contact thing. There's many of them in the Bible points of contact to uh, get God's grace and all this other stuff. But it just killed me like <laughs> that they had to like backtrack on the don't drink it because it, there's literally a commercial from back in the day where he says, yeah, some kids from Chernobyl drank the water and they don't have cancer anymore. And it's like, <laughs> what? Like, okay. But anyway, so he, you send the water. He says, drink the water. Um, and nowadays, like I said, that the change is sleep with the water for one night next to you and then send it back to us. So now you can think you don't even lose the water anymore. You send it back to him. He just sends it to somebody yeah, else next. Double up, double up. Yeah. Cuts production costs right there. But do that and then send a donation to me in God's name. And then you'll receive your gift, your bounty or whatever, your miracle. And so people, they get this free thing. They send him money. He's got all these other things. Send him money for this. Send him money for that. On his website alone, you can't even scroll down the homepage without finding two areas where it's telling you, yeah, you know, suggested donation, $17.99 or $30. Like, <laughs> I like, suggested donation. Yeah, yeah. Suggested amount. That's it's just best. like, it's so brutal. But yeah, so this guy is just scamming people with all this bullshit, holy water nonsense. And he's making so much money. And then, you know, <laughs> next thing you know, he's like he's back on top his organization makes so much money um and now the reason why he i i heard about him is so guys like him because they're tax exempt status because they're with the church um he their organizations made like i think the government gave up three billion dollars to help support you know these religious places and places like him qualified to receive a million dollars at least yeah and now this guy, because of COVID, how many people are desperate sending out donations? How many people are praying with all of their money and their life savings to save their family dying of COVID-19? This pandemic has only lined these pockets of these scoundrels yeah. so much more. And it's an understatement to say this guy is still in business. This guy is thriving off people's suffering and misfortune with this con that has been going on. He's like 70 something now and he's still banking on this stuff. Like what? Successful entrepreneur. <laughs> no, that's... I was just so fired up reading about him. Like who is this joke? Yeah. And like jokes aside, that is very terrible to take advantage of people like that. But that, that is the, the part with religion because religion isn't a great thing because you have an, like the idea of the Bible if you were to, if, like, for me, how I look at it is that everything in there is supposed to be a metaphor. It's not supposed to be a rule. And if you take out the fact that there's a God on top of it all and you have to pray to this person, if you just did what the Bible said, use their metaphors as, like, he had the burning bush and this happened and blah, blah, blah. I don't know the Bible good enough to really quote <laughs> it. But if you take the metaphors from it and use them, you'll have a better life. You go meet up with a group of people every Sunday for two hours and talk about good things that you could do in your life. You're going to have a better life. But once you add in the fact that now you're, allow you're allowing one person to be in charge, God, but you have this person that can talk to him. And these people are the ones that uh, will take whatever... You feel like you should give to God, you give to them first and they'll make sure it gets to them. That's, that's when people can easily be indoctrinated and can make it 
can easily be persuaded into doing stupid things that yeah. isn't in their best interest anymore. So they they perverse what the religion is supposed to be. Yeah, I I think for me it's just like I I definitely agree in the sense that a lot of the things in not even just the Bible, just speaking more broadly about all religions, yeah. most of the things in these holy books Obviously, there's some things here and there that are outdated, closed-minded, and harmful to the greater good completely. And obviously, those things, I don't agree with at all. I'm not going to support them. And I don't think... Some people still believe in that stuff, but there's a good majority, I think, of people that are understanding progressive society, and they don't follow those things. But I would say, for the most part, there's a lot of good qualities that are just taught in that particular way amongst various religions, because, like... Yeah. You know, I saw one guy, I think, I uh, was it Milo Yiannopoulos. Most people probably know this guy for being another shithead uh, guy that likes to do political commentary and share his op- opinions and just be a sass box. And yeah. Anyways, um, I think one time I saw him on Joe Rogan and he said something like, all good uh, values that we have in so- our modern society come from the Bible. And I would basically say that no not true because every other society came up with a very similar set of values those are human values that's what makes yeah. us human the fact that they're regurgitated in the bible and every other holy book just means that those are the things that us as humans do like don't steal don't yeah. kill stuff like that but how people choose to you know learn those messages i don't really care as long as you're not hurting people in the same way like people are have different lifestyles this and that if you're not hurting people i don't care what you do it doesn't matter to me it's when people start getting hurt that I would start to heavily disagree with those things. But as far as, you know, people want to believe what they want to believe, I'm not going to shit on people because they're religious and I'm not. I don't really care if people are religious. Yeah. But there's definitely some some issues in there as far as, like, how people choose to do that. And I think kind of like what you were mentioning, once they start using that faith to get things out of you or to get you to do things their way versus how you want to do things now you start crossing that line into culty and once you start getting into culty now you have a whole nother you know bag of bag of fucking and that that's my thing with with like bible all the all the different holy books is the fact that People use them as, like, their rules of life. Like, this is what we... This is how I live my life. These are the rules I have. But everything in there is in for interpretation. Every person can read the same line and have have it affect them a different way. So that can't be a rule book. Like, it, you have a, like in basketball, you have a 24-second shot clock. I can't just say, no, I thought that meant, like, 24 minutes. <laughs> that's that's my interpretation. No, yeah. the rule is this. But in the, in the books, it's... Most of the things, it's like, it's metaphors, it's different uh, hyperboles, but you have to kind of interpret it how you feel he's trying, or he or she or whatever they want to call the God, is trying to send that message to you. But it's everybody has their own, there's no one right thing. That's what, because I I went to church for like a year, because I thought I was dying of cancer, and I'm like, I'll try it. It was boring as shit, I fell asleep a lot, but (laughs) it was every single, every single Sunday... You go in, you'd sing, sing a couple songs, kind of feel good, to, just to sing and be like around the people. Yeah, you're in a community. And then somebody will go up and they'll be, well, this is the verse that like really affected me this week, and this is the way I interpret it, and I, I, this is how I feel it affected me, and how it could affect other people. So that means that that verse doesn't actually mean what you're saying. 
This is what you want it to say. It doesn't, it doesn't say that. It never said one time that this is the only way you can interpret it, so therefore that can't be a rule that anybody lives by, and that can't be a rule book. Yeah, and I, and I, would, I would say, and that's, that's the kind of the beauty of the, the whole subject as, as an entirety, as a religion entirely, is that everything is all about interpretation, so how one chooses to interpret these things is completely up to them and for those perpetuating and you know like I don't care like I said if you believe it, it you believe it whatever but the I do not I'm not really a big fan of people that shove it in your face and tell you you have to believe it I don't think anybody <laughs> likes those no. people it's like if you just believe it in your own piece whatever but like if you're like pushing in everyone's face yeah you don't have more issues I think it's um when people want to perpetuate it and want to get people to believe it, that's one of the things that they'll try and say is that, you know, this, that, it, it's all covered there because you can find any way to twist some kind of thing to make yeah. it relative to your situation. And, you know, it is what it is. Like if, like I said, if you, in the same, in the same tone, like if you find something, find a set of words that mean whatever they were to that original person, if those words can mean something to you, there's things, there's song lyrics out there that mean the same thing to me. Yeah. I don't have a clue if that person was talking about that same exact scenario when they wrote that song. But when they wrote that song and I heard those words, those words meant something to me in, a, in my particular way. Yeah. And so that same idea can be literally put on anything. And with long ass books like the Bible, they can talk. It could literally be anything. Yeah. So... Especially when they have no rules. It's kind of make a magic guy that can do whatever I mean, he wants. I think, yeah, I think once you have a set of rules, I think that's where that's also a problem. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think a set of rules should come out of it. I think no. general morality is obviously a good thing, being a good person and all that thing. Um, but yeah, if, that's where I think there has to be that, you know, the separation of church and state because you have to have actual laws, sorry, actual laws mm. that are a thing and then you can have whatever you guys want to believe on the side and as long as everybody's doing that no religions can have to get in each other's way everyone can just do what they want to do yeah and we can all coexist and not worry about well i think this i think that i was like no one cares yeah these are the rules we live by that'd be optimal <laughs> optimal but who well, knows especially with the state of america right now and how much influence they have on how every other country operates yeah and and that's the thing is i when when people say that like the country was built off uh, the values of religion, it's like technically yes, because of the fact that religion, like they were the original like warriors, they were the ones that would start the wars and would take over everywhere because they had everybody believe everything they say and they took control of everything. So yeah, technically yes, because there was nothing else, they killed everybody else. So. You can, you can't. That's not an actual argument. That's like me saying that I'm, I'm the only, I'm the reason that Brooklyn is who she is. Well, yeah, cause she doesn't know anybody. Like she has no other. Like there's no other basis for her to grow up in. But once she meets other people, and if she still has the same values that I gave her, then I can actually say it. But we're going off of. Oh yeah, the only reason America's here is because of religion. Yeah, that's the only one that's here. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, I I can hear what you're saying. Um. But uh, I guess we got to conclude it there because I got to take off. But uh, until next time, thanks again for everyone that's sticking around and watching these. Um, we'll see you again.